When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Big Chris Live, the live stream and then the podcast available, of course, at DeanBlundell.com. My good friend uh, over there, good friends and friend Dean um, and uh, available always on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please, if you're headed over there, uh, give us a rating, too. We have three five star ratings, but, you know, I'll take more ratings with less stars. If you want to give me a four, three or two, if you actually feel that way. That's fine. I'll accept it. I'll accept your judgment. Uh, my guest with us via Zoom is Jesse Mods. Hello, Jesse. What's going on, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm very, very well. So, first of all, Jesse is on the podcast, uh, but I originally reached out to him and I was like, "Hey, man, you're really good buddies with Brett the Hitman Hart. Do you think you could get him to come on my podcast? You must fucking hear that all the time because you're so." like publicly friendly with him. Like you're at his house for Thanksgiving and stuff and it's on Instagram. You must have a million people um, trying to get you to hook him up. Yeah. You know what? That is probably one of the biggest requests I have from people is, Hey, can you get me in touch with Bret Hart? Yeah. Um, and usually he's like super eager to do whatever. And I think he's just kind of taking a little break right now in the pandemic. And, uh, I could probably get you with him uh, later, but yeah, everybody wants a piece of Bret Hart. They want autographs. They want pictures. They want to know where he lives. What does he smell like? And usually I can answer all of those questions, to be honest. But That's cool. Well, I also had an episode a while back uh, called What's the Deal with Wrestling? Because I never understood it. Never got the appeal. Never quite uh, understood what, what the, the fancy was. But I know you're a huge fan, too, obviously. Well, it's funny, man, because like everyone thinks I'm a massive wrestling fan just because I, I have some friends that are former professional wrestlers. But I haven't watched professional wrestling um, probably since WrestleMania came to Toronto in like the early two thousands. Like that was the last time I remember watching wrestling. And then I've gone so many years without it, but I think that's what makes my love for the old wrestlers so strong is because like, that's all I know. I don't know the new guys. Like when I was yeah, watching yeah. wrestling, John Cena wasn't even a guy, you know, it was the attitude era. And then that was pretty much it for me. Um, so I still remember and love all the old dudes and uh, I've got a chance to hang out with them in some weird situations. Like I could tell you some stories about how I got together with Brett. But I remember uh, last summer I was hanging out at Brett's house and it was me, Brett Hart, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Terry Cahill from FUBAR. Right. And I'm just like looking around at my at my surroundings. I'm like, how the hell did I get here with these guys in this moment right now? 
Yeah, I mean, I've had moments like that myself. And, and you know, you can't be a hater when, when you've had those moments to hang out with, with people that you've idolized. Like, you know, I did the music video with the Trues and I got to do that experience. And, you know, I've, I've had some close encounters with celebrities that have been great. You're like very much like you with your wrestling posse there was you yeah. know, me getting to go into the studio with the Trues with my bagpipes. And then Gordy Johnson from Big Sugar was the producer. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's a similar thing, but just for wrestling. It's uh, it's one of the, the coolest perks about radio, man. Anytime somebody like says, you know, what's so cool about your job? What's the best part about being on the radio is you get to connect with your heroes. And like, you know, when I was a little kid, I used to, you know, go to these wrestling events. And I remember being like five years old, going down the front row of Maple Leaf Gardens and, you know, Bret Hart's music used to hit and he used to like walk and do a strut. And I don't know if you remember, but he always wore the glasses and he would pick a kid in the crowd to give the glasses to. And I would go right down to the front, try to get the glasses from Brett, never got them. And I remember about two winters ago, uh, over the Christmas holidays, I was drinking at his house. I was in his kitchen. It was really late. I had way too much uh, to drink. And I remember just like slurring my words. And I said, like, Brett, do you have any glasses? And uh, <laughs> he he said, yeah, he had a couple. And I said, go get them. And somebody went to Brett's like back office and got me his glasses. And they brought him out. And I had Brett. You know, he signed them for me. And I said, nope. And I told his son, Dallas, I said, get the Bluetooth going, play Brett's music. And I want you, Brett, to put them on me like I'm like a five-year-old kid. And I don't know why he did it. Uh, more embarrassing for me than anybody. Uh, but we literally like cranked Brett's theme song in his kitchen. And I had him put the glasses on me like I was five years old. I actually have them like just across from me over there. Yeah. <laughs> so that was your like initial meeting that was the first mm -mm. no no so uh my initial my initial uh, meeting with Bret Hart was actually like pretty coincidental I got to Calgary and my first like big radio bit was I gotta find Bret Hart I gotta meet Bret Hart. <laughs> like, so, a, like a scavenger hunt yeah so I had no connections with him whatsoever I just knew that he lived in Calgary and uh I actually did this bit where I watched the old Bret Hart documentary in front of the old Hart house in Calgary. And it was like a stupid bit, but it was just fun for me to like watch a video about Bret Hart back in the day in front of his old house. Very strange looking back on it that I did that. But anyways, yeah. Um, and then word got out in town that like I was looking for him and I had a buddy at a, at a dealership. who was like, Hey, I'm going to host this thing with Bret Hart. Do you want to host it with them? And I was like, fuck yeah. So I met him, but it was really just like a handshake and a, a hello, nice to meet you. We took a picture and that was it. But then uh, your audience might be familiar with uh, Jerry Forbes, longtime radio guy of Calgary. Right, right. Uh, legend. He was just on, on the podcast with Dean Bundell. I watched that whole thing uh, not too long ago. Legend. And him and Brett. Sorry, go ahead. Legend. Yeah, total legend. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Jerry and Brett were boys like back in the day. So uh, when Jerry was doing his retirement, I was tasked with like going around to some local celebrities and getting some video of them just saying like, hey, Jerry, thanks for the career in Calgary. We appreciate you. Good luck in your retirement. And I got tasked with trying to find Bret Hart. So I, I did some research, found a, a way to get a hold of him. I did. And we were going to film this video. And I thought we would like meet at the station. But he said, hey, why don't you film it at my house? And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, okay. So I, uh, I, I go out to Brett's house. He lives in this beautiful property, like in Calgary. It's, it's one of the most unbelievable areas in the city. And I drive up 
And I'm like literally like sweating, shaking, like like a kid. And I've been doing this for a long time, man. You and I, anyone in this oh, business yeah. has met a lot of people. Yeah, but we all get nervous. We all have those moments. Yeah. And and this was my moment, man. I remember sitting in this long ass driveway and I was just sitting there like, holy shit, like I'm at Bret Hart's house right now. So uh we go in, we record all of our stuff. And it was like 15 minutes and I got my boots on and I'm literally like saying goodbye. And then I have this thing in my brain that goes like, you're at his house. You'll never be back here again. Ask him if he can show you some shit. So I literally got my jacket on saying goodbye. And I just say, hey, Brett, like, can I check out your basement? Because I heard this like legend of his basement and all the memorabilia he has. And sure enough, no problem. Take my boots off. And we spent probably like an hour just like going through memorabilia and uh, he he showed me like the belts he's won. I was taking pictures with that. And we came by a uh, table hockey. And he's got all these like different old school table hockey, not the bubble shit, like old big ass wooden table hockey from like the 60s and 70s. And they're from the old heart house yeah. uh, with Brett's dad. And I just like said, like, what's this about? And he's like, oh, I got this table hockey league. And jokingly, I said, if you ever need a guy in your league, let me know. And that was in March. And then uh, have you ever played? Have you ever played table hockey competitively in a league ever? You just threw that out there. Never. I just said, if you ever need a guy, you let me know. And he kind of just like, yeah, okay, buddy. And he took my number and that was it. And like I said, I played the bubble hockey before, just like the stupid shit that you have. The the Wayne Gretzky snap hockey where you used to be able to raise the puck anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November comes. I haven't heard from Brett at all. I get a text saying, are you still in for table hockey? <laughs> I couldn't fucking believe it. He's like, it starts tomorrow. So anyways, I, I ended up going the, uh, the next day. I joined this like table hockey league. He's got referees, statisticians that come in. It's like a full on league. Like it's not a joke. It's like yeah, yeah, very yeah. serious. <laughs> I, I come in dead last every year. And uh, that was it, man. I became buddies with his kids and, and his family and, uh, I'm so gracious to the, 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 that entire family, the Harks. They've treated me like like a, a long lost sibling or friend that uh, I didn't have moving to Calgary. Man, they were like the first family I yeah. kind of connected with when I moved out here. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, dude. That's such a cool story, and it's so genuine too. Like you can really see, it's not like staged Instagram pics. You guys are all family now. Yeah, it's a good word for it, man. It's great. Yeah. It's cool, dude. Yeah, I, I never thought that uh, that that would happen. But like, man, uh, one last thing on that. But my grandfather. I grew up with my grandparents, my grandmother and my grandfather raised me. And uh, that's how I got into wrestling. And my grandma just passed away recently, but she thought it was so cool that I was always over there. So uh, my grandpa came down this summer and he would never ask. He's in his seventies. He would never ask to go see Brett, but I, I know he thought it would be cool. So I just text Brett. I go, Hey Brett, my grandpa's in town from Toronto. Um, he'd love to meet you. Can we do something? He's like, yeah, bring him on over. I'll have lunch ready. So me and my kids and my grandfather went over to Brett's house and he had this like beautiful lunch ready for us. And he's asking my grandpa what his favorite matches are. And my grandpa's like, oh, I remember you and Undertaker back in the day. So Brett tells his wife, Steph, to, to put the old Survivor Series on with Bret Hart and the Undertaker. And he literally sat there with a remote control and like would play 30 seconds of the match tell my grandpa like what was going on in their heads like hey i'm whispering to take her go against the ropes he literally like took my grandpa through every step of the match and it was one of the coolest moments man i just sat there and watched the two of them watch the match and and shoot the shit man but that family and that dude just like unbelievable people they say like never meet your heroes man 
And then I met mine and it was just like the greatest experience. Yeah. You know, he could have turned out to be a real asshole. You know, he really could have been. There's like a 50-50 chance there whenever you meet your heroes, maybe even a worse than 50-50 chance. Uh, I'll save this for another day. But when you talk about meeting people that you were excited to and it would go south, I'll tell you the story about Jake the Snake another oh, no. day. Oh, no. Not, not as good as the meeting with Bret Hart. Right. Well, Jesse uh, Mods. What what is the, what's the full version of that again? So my my actual last name uh, is Modzaluski. So it's a it's oh, a yeah. big long eleven letter uh, Polish last name. And when I was in grade seven, they just started calling me Mods, and it yeah. just just stuck. Yeah. Oh well, I was thinking of changing mine to Chris Bods. You know, there, no one gets my last name right either, man. The Bods and Mods show. We'll, we'll start that up. <laughs> it's deadly. That's too good. That's too deadly. Especially with that backdrop you've got, man. Your bar is killer. I see it all the time on Instagram. Like, and what is who's that guitar? What is that guitar over your shoulder there? Uh, so that is uh, something that Billy Talent gave me. It's just uh, oh, a guitar signed by all those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got some cool stuff, man. Like, you know, when you're in this business and radio, as you know, like, you take it for granted sometimes. And I just started like getting like all these really cool things. And I just like throw it in my storage room and everyone be like, Oh, like, what is that? And I'm like, Oh, I got this thing from the tragically hip. And they're like, and you're not displaying it. So then over the years, I just started, you know, collecting it all and then displaying it. And then I got like addicted to it. And I just start buying stuff and going on eBay. And I'm like bidding on like Gord Downey letters and signatures. <laughs> and uh, I've spent way more money than I will ever admit on my basement and the shit I've collected. But I, I literally, man, I come down in my basement and I just sit here and like, I'll give you like a quick little, like, yeah, yeah. I got uh, memorabilia literally like everywhere, every square inch. There's not very much space for anything now. Yeah. It's uh, like, I just got tons of whatever, but I just love coming down here and just like chilling and looking at the shit. And it's cool, man. Like some people got like sports basements and Oh, I lose you there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're not we're not there too we good go. on the tech side over here. Oh right, uh, yeah, good. some people got like sports basements and shit like that. And I just decided to go with like rock and roll. That's all right, man. It's a good look. I yeah. uh, I I just love that you're killing it, man. You're absolutely killing it. CJ ninety two in Calgary, right? Is your radio yeah. station in the mornings. And you mentioned Jerry Forbes. He was this legendary guy who was there prior. And now you you got to fill his shoes. Basically, there was like a transition of power, a peaceful transition. Yeah, which you don't get too often in this industry. Yeah. Uh, myself and my co-host JD Lewis were basically given the keys to a castle uh, that that man built. And um, I I I really had some hesitations coming out here at first because uh, I was before I got out here, I was at Hits FM in, in Niagara station. I grew up on my whole family's from around that area. Loved everything about about that. And the thought of like going to a major market that I've never been to before and replacing a legend like Jerry Forbes. And for people that don't understand radio or know it as well as you and I do, like legend gets thrown around a lot. Jerry Forbes is absolutely a legend. Legitimate. Business, especially, yeah. yeah. Especially for the, the kind of radio that you and I do, man, just like rock radio. He paved the way for us. And I was like, how could I possibly go to Calgary and step in for a man like that? But the way they did it over here at Hitsman, Stu Myers and Chad Martin, uh, they did it so perfect with Jerry where they basically gave us a year with him, a year where Jerry went on the radio every day and said just like how good as shit we are and how we're good people. And uh, the last day Jerry was on the air, man, we had the biggest 
fucking party ever. He cried on the radio and he's like, these are my guys and they're your guys now, Calgary. And, um, if he didn't do that for us, I would be fired by now because we wouldn't have any listeners. But because he gave us the blessing to do what we do, I, I owe that guy so much, man, for, for letting us come out here and basically do his gig. Yeah, yeah, it's so rare that you see that. Like you say, uh, I, I don't think I can, I can't think of very many other times that I've seen something like that. That speaks to the caliber of person you are, and of course, uh, the caliber caliber of, of person that Jerry is as well. Um, but now you're slaying it. How many years have you been without Jerry? It's been two years, just uh, three. We, we three, just yeah. crossed the uh, the three year thing, and man, it, it's really cool for me to you're hear killing you say it. that because you're- I. You're killing it, man. I, 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 it's awesome for me to hear you say that because I don't know if I'm going off track with where you were going, but I remember I was in uh, Prince George, British Columbia. I was doing a morning show up there. And uh, I, I I had the opportunity to go to Kingston. And I remember going to Kingston and I was at this, this whatever station. No one gave a shit about it. Um, I showed up and I was like, wow, like nobody gives a shit about this state. I couldn't believe it. And I was going up against you at K-Rock. And I remember everyone being like, Big Chris is the guy. Big Chris, Big Chris, Big Chris. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know who the hell Big Chris is. And I'm coming in here and I'm going to fucking do my thing. And I did my thing and not one person listened. I had no listeners. Our morning show, we didn't talk to anyone. I felt like I was talking to the wall because you were the king of that town, man. And uh, oh, dude, it, it was really cool for town. me to like, fuck. it was cool uh. for me to like battle you. But there was no battle. It was like a bunch of ants going up against the the big dogs. Well, and I was so happy to get out of there and get away from you because you just were killing that market. Thanks, dude. That's so nice of you to say. But also, like, credit to just like there's a certain energy about K Rock in Kingston that oh yeah, you know that that's just a juggernaut. And um, I was lucky to have that sort of. Uh, juggernaut or that vibe on my side, you know, and that's an ally that 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 really wins the day. Uh, you know, I was a piece during my time there, but you know, maybe a a, a good big piece or a, a very visible piece. But you know, like it's it's more than that. That station is a is a rock, right? So they, you know, they were the first rock station the Kingston ever had. People remembered that, and they had a lot of years of dominance that that just sort of set them up for. You know, like the Coca-Cola, right? You know, Pepsi is always number number two to Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is always number one. Do you remember the uh, the on-air battle that we had over the Glorious Suns? Do you remember that incident that happened where everyone got in shit? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was at memory. a classic rock. I was at a classic rock station in Kingston, and you know, it was what it was. It was cool, like. People liked it, I guess, but like, I'm a rock guy and, and I loved what you guys were doing. I always wanted to be a part of K rock and what you guys were doing, but I wasn't. And that was cool. I was just doing my best. Yeah. And this band, the glorious sons comes around and they're like, they're nothing at that point. No one knows really who they are. They had just won like the whiskey rocks contest and they had the song mama. And uh, everybody was all over mama. They're from Kingston. These are our boys, but we didn't play them at FM 96. So I remember reaching out to them personally, their manager at the time. And I was like, hey, I'd love to book the Glorious Sons in. And we did get them in once. We played a couple of their tunes, whatever. And we were supposed to book them for this performance. And they were coming in at like 7 a.m. or whatever it was to do what they were doing. And I get a text message at like 6, no, uh, a voicemail at like 6.50 saying like, hey, just so you know, 
unfortunately, the Glorious Sons can't make it in. Something to do with K-Rock getting upset, blah, 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 blah. And they were talking about how basically you guys stepped in and were like, no, you're not doing their show. You're going to do ours. Something along those lines. The details are a little shady right now. And I remember right. playing the voicemail and being like, screw Big Chris and K-Rock. Like, this, look what they're doing to us, blah, 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 blah. And I remember getting yelled at by their management, by my boss, by everybody. And it's funny that you didn't even hear it because I wouldn't expect you to because yeah. we were just little... Little little things. Oh, in no, your guys it wasn't world. like that. I, don't, I, don't, I do remember hearing something about us leveraging the le- record label or the management to get our way. I do remember something like that. Yeah, now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, because I remember we were trying to get them, and then your your you guys came in and just went nope, and well, they and they didn't come. That was always a deciding factor, no matter what radio station. And this may be a little too inside, but maybe it's inside that people are interested in. In that sometimes the deciding factor can be that how often you spin a band's songs determines yeah. who they're going to, you know, who they're going to, and we were playing the crap out of their music. Right. So, you know, that, that sometimes is, is the most important factor that, that determines leverage in some cases. Uh, and guess how many times we played the glorious sons? None. Eh? Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, that's what happens is the way she goes. Yeah. But anyways, that was just a long winded story to say, it's cool for you to say that. Cause I remember going into Kingston, uh, not knowing who you were. And I found out real friggin' quick who, who you and K rock were <laughs> dude. Coming, <laughs> like looking to see, like, honestly, man, like who's on top now though. Like, I feel like that Jesse, like you're really killing it. Calgary is an awesome city. I don't know anything about it, but I hear nothing but great things. What have you experienced since you've got there? What it obviously Bret Hart, I mean, listen, I dropped wrestling in the first couple of minutes and you went on for 10 minutes. But I mean, other than <laughs> other than wrestling or Bret Hart yeah. related things, what, yeah. what has what has been some highlights uh, since you got there to Calgary? Because it's a great city. It's a big city with lots to do. Uh, dude, it, it, it is so awesome out here, man. Like the people are just so cool and chill and, and laid back. And what a cliche thing to say. But, you know, when you got the mountains, like I can be from my house to a bar in Camor, Alberta in 45 minutes and Canmore is about 15 minutes uh, away from Banff. So if you don't know Canmore, you'll definitely know Banff. It's the most beautiful place in the history of the world. And I haven't been anywhere in the world. I'm just assuming because I go to Banff and Canmore all the time. Uh, that's basically being like the theme of my four years here is I do the radio show and I hang out at my house, with my, my uh, fiance and my two kids, and we go to the mountains. And if I didn't have the mountains, I don't know how, if I would love Calgary as much, but it's just a part of this city. Um, it, it's literally the coolest thing, man. Just coming out here, experiencing the people, uh, going to the mountains. It, it, it's really just a, a different way of life, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Man. It's awesome out here. Yeah. Well, I see the Instagrams and the beautiful, like, yeah, you, I, I mean, how far is Canmore? Because I see you're out in Canmore or you're out in all these different, like side of kind of places. I'm like, wow, how far of a drive is that? But it seems like it's pretty handy. Like you're always out there in the beautiful, uh, scenery. Yeah, it's less than an hour. So like I've I've literally, you know, wanted a coffee and I just want to go for a drive and think about my show or whatever. And I'll drive to Canmore, the most beautiful drive ever, grab a coffee and then and then turn and burn home. And I can usually do it in like two hours. Um, And it it is a lot of driving, but it's when you're driving in that beautiful scenery, it it goes by so quick because all you do is just look around. I'm surprised I haven't been in an accident since I've been going out there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What's the most, okay. So like, obviously there's some beautiful parts and there's some, what's the, what's the the more seedier, funnier, danker. What, like, what's the most Alberta thing? Well, a lot of the stereotypes and the cliches are are very true. Um, 
there are a hell of a lot of pickup trucks. It's funny because um, you'll notice my phone glitching every now and then. I'm like, I was going to buy a truck, like just caving in and they keep calling me to come buy it. So I keep declining the call right now. Uh, There's a lot of pickup trucks. But what is cool about Alberta, man, is it's just like a really, like really hardworking city. Like everybody here just wants to work. They want to grind. They want to make money. They want to have a a good future. But it's really, it's really troubling right now because oil is what drove the city for so many years. Yeah. Uh, That's in the toilet. So to be honest, man, it's, uh, it's tough for a lot of people right now because a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are, are, you know, looking for their next paycheck, their next meal. We do a a thing called the CJ 92 kids fund uh, on our radio station. It's something that Jerry Forbes started and we, you know, give away hundreds of thousands of dollars to to families over X amount of years. And uh, I've never seen need and, and more people, you know, reluctantly putting their hand out asking for assistance because this city that was once thriving on oil is now, you know, declining because of it. And you got to feel for it, man. So it's uh, it's cool because everybody comes together, though, in Calgary. I I noticed that more than anywhere I've ever worked is, you know, if somebody puts their hand up, you got 50 people waiting in line to help that person. And it's just such a giving city. It it really warms your heart in a a weird way when you're you're doing charity events and you, you can ask for one second and everybody steps up to help. 50 50 people are putting their hand up to help and 50 pickup trucks with those 50 hands as well. And- oh, if you need if you need to move, you got about a hundred people you can call. <laughs> That's good, yeah, because it's such a rarity here in like the GTA in Ontario, anywhere in Ontario, really, is is having a buddy with a pickup truck. That's few and far between, and buddies with pickup trucks are strained as it is. They don't want to help you move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally, man. One thing I do like, I'm a, I'm an Ontario boy. What I really I've been trying to do since I got here, and obviously the last year and a bit or whatever hasn't hasn't worked my way but i've been trying to bring the music scene to calgary like just try my best to you know talk about local music and and get the bands through to get out here but man there the music scene out here is hurting like real oh, bad yeah. bands don't want to come here it's too far of a drive in between cities so like the music scene here man could learn a lot from a, a place like ontario if that ever came to calgary I would never want to leave, but uh, I would love for some more tunes and, and shows to roll through the city. Man, you know, yeah, you want to talk music scenes. This is a conversation that keeps coming up on the podcast, but uh, uh, Jeff Woods and I had a lengthy conversation about the Hamilton music scene. And, uh, and obviously you and St. Catharines at, at Hits, you probably had your exposure yeah. to the Hamilton scene. What a fucking scene. Yeah. I... I, I love the music scene in that area, Hamilton, Niagara, obviously Toronto. Like yeah. what was cool is like you could go to Guelph and see the truce. Like you could yeah. go to these small little towns and see some wicked bands here in Calgary. Like you're waiting, man. Like you're waiting like sometimes six months before a big act will roll through. And I, I saw some of the, uh, the podcasts with Jeff Woods and that guy's voice, man, I, I'm sure he's so sick of hearing it, but <laughs> anytime you hear that voice, like, it's just like, how is this even a human being that's putting that out of his body? I know, man. He's a magic. He's a gem, really. He's a gem. I, uh, I got to party with him one time, and it was the most, like, surreal thing ever. I was at CMW, and uh, I was just, like, drinking. And I'm, like, as you could tell from my Bret Hart story, I love talking to people that I grew up looking at and watching and listening yeah. to and i'm not ashamed like people out here always joke and bust my balls about it but like i'll ask for an autograph i'll ask for a picture i'll ask to go for a beer 
with celebrities or people I don't know, because I love to hear the stories. And for me, it's like, a, well, that's cool. I remember seeing uh, uh, Jeff Woods at the bar at CMW. And I was like, Jeff, let me buy you a beer. And, and he let me. And next thing you know, we're out hanging out. And he took me to like the weirdest bar ever in yeah. Toronto at like one in the morning. And then we left at like 5 a.m. Like it was a, one of those after hour weird bars. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we ran. You might not remember because I know you're a bit older than me, but we ran into PJ from YTV. Do you remember that guy? Oh, PJ. or Oh, no. I remember PJ Phil and PJ Gord. But... Yes, PJ Phil or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Phil, whatever. Yeah, PJ uh, Phil. Yeah, yeah, him. okay. Yeah. And me, Jeff Woods, and that Phil guy from YTV <laughs> no hung out way. at this bar till five in the morning. And I remember like being like, I'm not even on drugs. Like, what what is happening? Where am I? <laughs> That's my only time ever meeting Jeff, but I'll never forget it. Just rolling around. Oh, <laughs> this is so stupid, but we were in a cab with Jeff and I get hammered and just obnoxious and whatever. And I remember making the 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 cab driver put on a classic rock station, probably Q107. And I made Jeff back sell the songs on the way oh, to the nice. bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I he he had some stuff at my house here. He stored uh, he stored for his new studio. He stored a bunch of stuff. I can't remember. It was like shelving and stuff. He had it delivered to my front vestibule. He came to pick it up, and I forgot how much of a crush my wife has on his voice. And when she found out he was in the driveway, dude, I was like, you get upstairs. Don't you come out into the driveway. Uh, I, I just couldn't, you know what I mean? Like she is uh, all women, I think, just can't can't help but uh, fall for that voice of his, even men. And, and, you know, one of the one of the cliche things in radio is like, let's hear your radio voice. And nice. if you're good enough in the business and you make it far enough, like you don't really have a radio voice. I always thought Jeff did. And he doesn't like that's how he that's, talks. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it seems surreal that he, he that he's a reality or that he's for real. Do uh, you think it's a Gilbert Godfrey thing? Like you know, Gilbert Godfrey, he's always on, and then if you hear him actually talk, that's not his voice. Is that Jeff Woods? No, no way. No, like like he he has like a ponytail, but he takes it off and hangs it up at the front door when he comes home. Yeah. No, no, I think that's that's full time, man. There's no way. There's no way. No wonder he's had so many girlfriends and wives over the years. He just can't keep getting up with them. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, funnier people than me have said, uh, you know, like it must be uh, crazy being his wife because he could ju just say, hey, pass the ketchup. And she would just like <laughs> yeah, clear the totally. table and be like, let's get it on right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the topic of getting it on, Jesse, I'm going to be a dad for the first time this April. Uh, Congratulations! Coming. Well, hang on. Siri's talking to me here. What's going on there, Siri? I didn't take this that. time to grab a beer. Yeah, do it, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a dad this April for the first time. I'm going to be 40 April 2nd, and then I'm going to uh, be a dad. Uh, well, the due date's April 11th, man. And so I know that I remember you had kids when you were much younger. Like I remember yep. you being kind of a, like a younger dad, like 21, 22. Yeah, I was uh, I was 22 um, when my right. fiance got pregnant, and then we uh, I think I was like 20. I, I had my son in Kingston on St. Patrick's Day, actually. Yeah, that must have sucked, man. Like having a kids that young, I, I I feel like being an old dad is the best. I got all the good shit out of the way. Like so, it it okay. So I remember I. It's funny because like I'm I'm still engaged right now. I was supposed to get married uh, last year, but because of COVID, oh yeah, didn't, yeah. Shit. And when I had met my fiance Chelsea, um, I met her at my first radio gig in Lac La Biche, Alberta. It's a town of 3,000 people. She was like the only hot chick there. I was like, okay, that's mine. <laughs> um, 
we were together for like literally man like a, a handful of months and and she got pregnant so i was like okay well here we go and i always wanted to be a dad so i was just like you know what let's just embrace it and 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 make it the best that it possibly was so i was a dad very young making absolutely no money whatever amount of money that is small that you think i was making in kingston it was probably half of that and uh i just remember being like well let's just make this work and it was so cool man like having a kid and like being a dad you're gonna it, it is it is the greatest experience you'll ever have no matter what experiences you've had in your life and the only way i can describe it to a, a dad that, to be is you think it's going to be cool you think it's going to be awesome but you're not a dad right now your your wife is a mom already because she's got that baby in her belly she thinks like a mom she already acts like a mom when you're waiting for that baby to be born you're still big chris just chilling i'm still jesse mods hanging out but the second that baby is born, like literally the second, even the drive to the hospital, you're still just big Chris. The <laughs> second that baby's born, man, light switch goes off and you're just dad now. And it was the most surreal experience, like raising a kid. Um, by the way, the first two years, the baby doesn't want anything to do with you. Like not nothing. You are useless to I that baby. I don't have any milk. I'm useless. Yeah. yeah nothing. Um but man, you're going to absolutely love it, especially, you know, raising a kid in our industry the way you can. Um, I remember bringing bringing my son on stage in front of like 40,000 people at shows yes. in the front hamper because I couldn't have a babysitter. Um, it's uh, it's so cool, man. You're going to you're going to love it. And uh, are, are you stopping at one or are you going to have a litter? Uh, that is definitely a new we are having. Uh, she's already talking about. Well, listen, man, I have a schedule. Uh, I get inbox invites to online courses. We just wrapped up our four course uh, baby feeding course on Zoom yeah. last night. Uh, I got a few other invites in my calendar, and she's already booked my vasectomy for like April oh. April twenty fifth or whatever. Yeah, no, she's no yeah. joke. Oh, that well, no, that that's a joke. She threatened to. Though, I'll tell you, she's ready. <laughs> okay. She she asked me whether I'd thought about it yet, and I was like, well, yeah, I thought about it for sure, but I didn't think we were in a in a rush. But I guess we are, according to her. So uh, that's uh, that's awesome, man. I'm so I'm so pumped for you. It, it's like every dad listening knows it's just like the most surreal experience. And like all of a sudden you don't matter anymore. Like you don't matter to your wife. You don't matter to your parents. You don't matter to anyone. It's just everything is about that baby. If you thought you were spending 500 bucks a, a month on your vape, now you're probably spending 50 because you're going to want to buy your kids all that shit. Yeah. It's um, it's just like a obviously a life changing experience and and you're gonna absolutely absolutely love it. Well, that's thanks, man. And you've got two two boys, right? Yeah, Nixon and Max. Do you have a boy or a girl coming? You we know? got a girl. Yeah, baby oh. girl. And she looks. Hey, never mind. The whole experience is gonna be different for you then. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, way different. I don't know why I'm asking guy. Yeah, guys with with uh, boys, it's totally different. I bet you get you get to nerd out with them. I bet. Oh man, we uh, we hang out. We play video games. We they watch like wrestling, so I'll I'll hook them up with some of that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't even know how I would go about handling a uh, a girl. I have like a young niece, but I would like my brain just naturally resorts to like, oh, I would never want boys chasing my daughter around. I have to fight them all the time. <laughs> I'm just happy I don't have to deal with that. That's for you to deal with. Well, yeah, I guess so. But also, like, I I've been using, like, inspiration. So I don't know if you believe in the power of, uh, like, positive thought. But I've got um, a background, like, on my phone. Like, you just have, like, 
a bunch yep. of oh, here it is right like yeah, just a bunch of different like a collage of pictures of things that I want to happen for myself or come true right and mm -hmm. one of them is a picture of I can't it's too I'm too shaky with the damn phone to get it up on the screen there but is of of the rock uh, having a little a tea party with his daughter and of course yeah. there's this giant man and then this little <laughs> tiny teacup and I just think that that's the best man I uh, I I don't know what I'm gonna do with a daughter but I'm for sure gonna just be down for whatever she wants to do. That that's it, man. They just like dictate what happens. And um, it, it's funny. Cause like, I'm half joking, but not really. I remember like my, when my first son was born being like, Oh, I just want to do everything. And if I touched him, he screamed. If I tried to hold him, all he wanted was his mom. And I was like, Oh, you know, maybe that's just a one-off my second son. The first like two years, all about mom. So I basically was just like sitting back and just watching my son grow up because he wanted nothing to do with me for wow. the first couple of years. Uh, hopefully your daughters are different, but I just found with babies, it's just mom, man. Like they don't care about dad. They just want mom. Yeah. Um, do you watch Jesse? Do you watch 90 day fiance? Negative. No, no. Okay. Well, I, okay. I've never really, I think like been open about this. I didn't know I had to be, but uh, I, <laughs> I love 90 day fiance. And, okay. and sometimes I get hooked into that TLC loop of just awful, awful television, but in a savage way, I really enjoy it. But there is a character on 90 day fiance. His name is Zaid. And I think you look like Zaid or Zaid looks like you. I don't know which, but let's pop this up here. Okay. There's Zaid right there. <laughs> Your reaction, Jesse? What is that? You? Or do you feel like you're looking in the mirror, Jesse? I I get, put it back up. Let me like. Yeah, get in the light there a little. Oh, I yeah. don't know, man. I, There's Jesse there. Okay. There's that guy there. <laughs> okay, maybe. Maybe. I, maybe I can see that. There he is down there in the corner. Is it Tucon? He's got like darker, darker, uh, yeah. a darker face complexion than I do, but he's from Tasmania, I think, or no, no, not from Tasmania, from uh, uh, Tunisia. That's right, Zaid from I, Tunisia. I, I am, I am not from Tunisia, but no. I will, uh, I will Google this guy and I'll try to get some more information on. Him. Maybe my, uh, my dad was sleeping around or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was did he ever have business in Tunisia in the Middle East? No, but when my dad used to go to jail, he used to say he was going to South Africa, and uh, I just wouldn't see him for a long time. No, no joke, true story. No shit. Um, so, so maybe he actually was going to South Africa. Maybe that's what it is. Is that a, <laughs> is that a, a hidden history I did not know about your dad? He, he he was he spent time in the clink. Oh man, I can't get into this right now. But uh, I grew up with my grandparents for a reason. My right. uh, I grew up with my grandma and my and my. Uh, and my grandpa from six years old until God tell until I left home for radio. So uh dad's that's a good dad's a good guy now. Let's just put it that way. All right, that's good. Well, hey, yeah. that's it's all about reformation. That's the whole point, I I think. No, you know what? I'm actually uh if you bring that up, I'm actually like super proud of my dad. He uh he's been sober, clean and sober for you know, 12, 13 years, something like that. And I didn't really have the greatest relationship with him growing up and mm -hmm. uh, drugs and, and shit like that can get in the way of, uh, of relationships with anybody. And my dad, like, just, you know, just kept going and try to get better, get better. Didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. And then finally one day it literally just clicked for him. And uh, he's been good shit, man. That, that's one reason. One fun fact about me 
I've never done drugs um, and I never will because uh, I saw it growing up and I just went to myself, you know what? I don't want that. So I'm just never, never going to do it. So I, uh, not, not something I've ever partaked in. Well, and, and I can say that I've, uh, I mean, other than the, the cannabis, uh, other than that, <laughs> I, I'm also in a similar regard. I've never d- dabbled. I've never dipped. I've never dodged. Oh wait, yeah, uh, magic mushrooms. But anyways, that's a whole other story for another time. But, that doesn't but care. yeah, that's yeah. If if it grows in the ground, I think it's okay. But um, mm-hmm. uh, but regardless, yeah, man. I, I, but there's been plenty of opportunities, haven't there? Uh, with all the uh, moments that of the that we talked off the top of all the people we've met and circles we traveled, right? You know what, man? I was uh, I'm I'm gonna reference the the Dean Bundell podcast you did with Jerry because I watched all that and I heard those boys talking about like the golden age of radio, like partying on a Friday and waking up in Los Angeles on a Sunday and all the shit that went on. I've been a part, I've been in radio for 10 years this October and I've been a part of some like really cool shit, like some parties that like, you just know you can never talk about. And it's just like for you in those moments. And those were really awesome. But I don't, I don't, I think I missed like the Jerry Forbes, Dean Blundell style parties in radio where that kind of shit happened. Were, were you a part of that back in the day? I had a, I, I got a tail end of it. I got a tail end of, you know, where there was, well, I'll tell one funny story about, a, yeah. a, about uh, cocaine use at a radio station where Let's hear it. I was filling in on the morning show and I came in. And of course, you know, when you go in at, at four 30 in the morning, it's dead silent. Um, but there was always a couple of people about, but yeah somebody i could see and at, it was a radio station in hamilton so it was a, it was y108 and it had all these glass windows all around the outside in this giant square and when it was all empty you could see through all different studios and all the different glass and all i could see was somebody running around like full tilt sprinting around the whole circle of studios and i was like what is what is going on and there's this dude barefoot who pops in his head in the studio and is like, oh, hey, man, what are you doing here? And I'm like, about to do the morning show, filling in today. Oh, my God. Don't tell anyone I was here. And, <laughs> and he was gone. Yeah. And, and that's actually the first time I've told anybody about that. I kept, I did keep quiet. That was the first time. But, yeah, like there was, there was you know, emails sent out to staff. Uh, you know, we found a sleeping bag in the production studio um you know word up you can't sleep at the radio station you know you, you can go anywhere but here um yeah there were, you know i i I've, I've seen some some pretty good parties yeah man Th- those are just a couple yeah. examples i really wish just for just for the story's sake that like we were doing radio like 25 years ago just to experience <laughs> like i i've worked with some dudes like jerry was telling uh, jerry force was telling that story on dean Mundell's podcast where he had a threesome with two girls and then delivered them to Billy Idol. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like that, I, that's I know, hilarious. That, that that podcast, I listened to it as well. And yeah, there was some pretty wild stuff. And yeah, I, I never got to experience anything like they were discussing whatsoever. I will never uh, throw Jerry under the bus, but that story isn't even the tip of the iceberg about uh, <laughs> what those guys were dealing with back in the day. And here, okay, here's a, you know what? Um, here's one that's really weird. All right. Here's, okay. here's a really weird one. And this was at a, a time in my life where I would describe myself. Uh, 
I was like, well, you remember, I was like f- over 400 pounds. Like I was massive. But for some yeah. reason, for some reason, there was some sort of gravitas that brought women and weird scenarios my way. And, and this was one of them where there was a guy, a, a, a middle-aged dude, who is such a big fan of my radio program that he invited me over for dinner to his house and wanted me to meet his daughter who was like 18, 19, like college age, maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so he, and you didn't, I thought you were going to say you went there and now that's your wife. No, that's no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And that was happily ever after. Hmm. By the way, like you, you either got to get really skinny or really fat because that like, I always looked at like really fat guys, like four or 500 pounds. Like you talk about TLC, my 600 pound wife. Yeah. When you don't care that much, it girls just must go, you know what? That guy's got something going on. Cause he really doesn't give a shit about anything. Well, and, and it's true. I didn't give a shit about anything. That was the other thing too. Like it was a punk rock sort of attitude that got me there where I was like, you know, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me to, you know, rage against the machine, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it just wasn't Coke. It was cake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't, none for me. Thanks. But I'm going to go and eat an entire McCain's cake. Ah, you know, like, I actually everyone's remember got a seeing vice. you. I saw you at the, uh, the foot, uh, the Foo Fighters show where Dave Grohl broke his leg. And that was the first time I ever saw you. Like you were, you were like, and I don't mean it like this, but you were like sickly skinny from the last <laughs> time that I had seen you. Cause I saw you in Kingston yeah, and you know, you're a big guy, big Chris. Yeah. And then I remember seeing you at the Foo Fighters and you were just this like little scrawny guy with your hat on. And you were so like, you weren't even you, you were just so nice. I was like, who is, who is this guy in front of me? Little Chris. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I was I was wearing skinny jeans for a while. It was quite a thing. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm like Jonah Hill now. I need, like, a suit that changes sizes every fucking six minutes. You know, like Are I, you still doing, the like, the yo-yo thing? Aren't we all? Um, well, no, I, I'm, I'm down 17 um, pounds. Um, I'm back on Isogenics again, which is how I got oh, there in the first place. So I've been on for a hard 30. Um, although I had a burrito for lunch today, that was a no, no, but, um, but that's cause I'm in between shakes. They haven't come in the mail cause of the snowstorm. But anyways, that's, that's an excuse. I could have, I could have eaten better choices, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm always trying to get back to that place where I'm, you know, trying to get back into a super healthy routine or super healthy lifestyle. And there's a lot of things that you can use as crutches or excuses, but at the end of the day, you just got to have willpower. That's really at the you know what, bro. Uh, how old are you now, Chris? Going to be 40 in a few weeks. Going to be 40 in a few weeks. So none of us are getting any younger, man. I, I guarantee when, when your daughter comes into this world, you're going to look at yourself and you're going to look at her. You're going to start counting the years in your head and you're going to go, okay, when she's 20, I'm going to be, and you're going to want to be around Yeah. and you're going to make, you're going to make that choice, man. Like I, I, uh, I lost 30 pounds in September because I, I put on a bunch of, a bunch of weight for no reason, just living life and drinking beers and whatever. Yeah. And, I remember just like one day going like, man, I, I just want to be there for my kids. And, and I want to make sure that if I'm not there, it's not for anything that I had no control of. Yeah. And I just remember just like, I'm like, okay, hey, Jim, let's go to the gym. Let's work out. Let's make sure that at the very least I got a shot to be there late in life uh, uh, for my kids. And if you're ever like yo-yoing, man, <laughs> I don't want to tell everyone to go have a kid to lose weight, but 
you will look at those kids and go, fuck, I got to get healthy and, and be around for, for these little guys or girls or whatever oh, yeah. you're That's That's where I'm at, a thousand percent. You know, I want to be the rock at the tea party. But first of all, I need to be able to sit on a child size <laughs> chair without destroying it. It needs to be able to hold me, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I need to be able to be a, a decent sized human being. And you've got a beautiful wife, right? You don't ever want her to look over and go, wow, like my husband is now 700 pounds. I better, I better take off. You got to yeah. keep her around. That's true. It's that's <laughs> the problem. Let me tell you, man, that is the problem with batting up. That is the problem oh. with always, you know, you know, always aiming, aiming high, man, is, is that you have to stay on your A game the whole time. When you know your wife is hotter than you, you have to stay on your A game. All the time. I, I always look at guys in radio and it, it, it's just the funniest thing. Like look at anybody somewhat successful in our business. All the guys, we're all just like schlubs. Yeah. And then like start digging in our Facebook profile pictures and you'll see our wives and girlfriends. That's the biggest perk of this business. Screw all the other stuff we talked about. It's that we always get to bat up. Yeah. It's my, true. My, my wife is 12, 12 points higher than I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Easily for me, too. Right. But yeah. but, but we know it and we know. Yeah. Here's the other thing that uh, somebody said to me a long time ago um, that somebody it, you can be attractive or you can be a good dancer, but there is nothing better than someone with a good voice who can tell a good story or it can be funny. But mostly it's about the timber of a man's voice sometimes that triggers like a genetic deep like ninja thing deep down in there and i i believe that because you're right i've seen plenty of good dancers uh pick up attractive women but i've seen an equal amount of of really great orators storytellers life of the party maybe not a stand-up comedian but sort of a stand-up comedian so uh anyone who's got that sort of personality um you know, I think they've always they've always had an attractive wife, and that really just plays into the radio thing. One of my best buddies um, is repulsive. Like looking at him, like he's just repulsive, and he's uh, not in radio, not in media. He's a car guy, and I, honest to God, every wife and and girlfriend he's ever brought around is is like a fifteen thousand out of ten, and it's because he's so funny and he's got such a good personality, and I always ask them. Every time he's one of my best buddies, they go, what are you doing with him? And yeah. it's always the same. He's funny. He's this, he's that. Yeah. Sometimes, man, lucky for you and I, looks do not matter. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. And you know what else doesn't matter? Dick size doesn't matter either. I can attest to it. <laughs> Right here, man. Unfortunately, saved. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, but I had a buddy who used to say to me too. He's like, "What is it, man? What do you What do you got under there? What are you packing? There's got to be some other mystery thing." And I'm like, "No, man. I think I'm just a. I don't give a shit. And I'm a good storyteller. You know, that was always sort of my my take on it." I got a question for you, and this is something that we can both bond over. Is we're both rock guys. We're both used to live in Kingston. Yeah. Uh, how cool was it? And and I I saw Paul Engwall on your on your podcast here. How cool was it? getting to chum around with those guys when we were in Kingston. I remember, man, I, I can tell you 10 stories. I was there for a year about just hanging with those dudes and being around those dudes. When you grow up idolizing those guys, next thing you know, you see them at the coffee shop, you see them at a restaurant, they're yeah. walking into your studio. The coolest thing ever, eh? Well, and, and it was so nonchalant. And that was the thing that anyone who ever moved to Kingston would always, I could always tell they were a first timer because it'd be like, hey man, do you, do you know the guys in the hip? Do you think you could like, get me to meet them sometime? I'm like, look, man, just go out in the city 
you're going to run into them. Oh, I'm in the lineup at Tim Hortons. Who's that guy with leopard print pants wearing a Civil War jacket? Oh, Rob it's, Baker. It's Rob Baker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who's the only guy in Kingston driving a Tesla? <laughs> Rob Baker. You know. <laughs> it, man, I uh, I had the 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 honor of uh, of calling a Kingston Voyagers game uh, one time when I was in Kingston. And I was in the stands and I was doing it on FM 96. Don't ask me why we were broadcasting a Voyagers game for no reason, but we were. And Rob Baker was in the crowd watching the game. Yeah. And I remember I, I sent uh, my intern over at the time and I was like, I was like, Hey man, go see if Rob wants to come hang out. So he's like, Hey, Mr. Baker, do you want to come on FM 96? And I ended up calling the the game, the junior A game with Rob Baker. Yeah. I was like, this is the coolest thing. I, I, I even remember I had had uh, when Paul Langlois was doing a solo record. And uh, he was touring around the stations. I'm sure you guys had him. We had him in F96 as well. And, yeah. The not, uh, later not guilty on record. Weekend, yeah. The what's right? The not guilty record. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool record, by the way. Yeah. Um, that weekend, I ended up going to see uh, Chris and D at the Merchant in Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was there with uh, with Gord Sinclair, I think it was. And he fucking comes over. He puts his arm on my uh, on my back. He brought me a beer. And I couldn't believe, I remember being the most stunned. If there was any podcast I did for like two years after that, I'm like, what's your favorite radio moment? I was like, Paul Engwall bought me a beer. Paul Engwall <laughs> bought me a beer. Um, it was so cool to be able to just like chum around with those guys while, uh, while living in Kingston. I'm sure you missed that too. Yeah, I missed the connection with Kingston and, and how tight I was in with the music scene there. And, and I almost forgot how ingrained it was that I could just walk down. I lived on princess street. I just walked down princess street and you know, Oh, there's Brett from the glorious sons. And we'd sit there and chat on a bench for 15 minutes. And then, you know, he'd have a smoke and I'd drink a fizzy water or something. And then we'd be on our merry way or, or yeah, exactly. Though there's Paul Langlois at the bar having a beer or, you know, whatever there's Rob Baker taking his kids to the movies. You know, it was a million different, moments that you could run into these people that just became i wouldn't say friends but certainly acquaintances and people that you always enjoyed running into on the street and worked hand in hand with to make the community a better place and that's the thing you say about like rob baker going to a a voyageurs game like what's voyageurs like the double a like i don't even remember what 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 status they are but it was i think it was junior i think they were junior a hockey he was just there with some friends watching yeah, but they're so they're so supportive of the local community. They go out to the little local hockey games. You know, they'll go out to the Frontenacs in the OHL. They'll go out to the local theater and support the local arts. And and I feel like that has done nothing but great things for Kingston. To it trickles down in all manners of different ways, right? And and man, they were just like, and, and they still are. I, I just haven't seen them in, in, in many years now, but. Uh, they were just such good dudes. I remember Paul Langlois coming on our show one time and he had the, the campfire liars club. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's still running in Kingston. I think so. And I was just like, as I've told you a million times in this podcast, just a fan of everything. And I'm always very vocal about that. And he's like, Hey, you want to come down to the, the comedy shop there? Time to laugh. And he's like, you want to host the event for me? And I was like, yeah. And I went there and he just like out of nowhere, he could ask anybody, anybody in the world would have hosted Paul Langlois uh, events. And, uh, and I did it for him. And I was just like, this is so cool. These, that band, man, above the music, above everything, some of the best people you'll ever meet in rock and roll ever, no matter what, ju- like, no matter what country you're in, they yeah. are yeah. the best people, man. Yeah, truly, truly they are. Um, and also, speaking of Rob Baker, I believe the next podcast episode, 
tentatively set for Monday. We'll see. Just waiting for their people to get back to my people. Strippers Union, Rob Baker, Craig Northey. There's a pre-promo, we call it, in the business. Um, excited to have them on. Jesse, before, awesome. before we wrap things up, this has been an awesome chat, dude. You're welcome back anytime. Maybe we'll bring you in on a panel, too. We're going to do panels, different things. Um, but one last question. Who gave you your first look at a porno movie? My first look at a porno movie. I It's funny because I actually talked about this on the radio uh, the other day. The first memory I ever have of a porno uh, would be my dad had like like the stereotypical like chest under the bed. Oh, right. Like and I trunk. remember like, yeah. yeah. And I remember like looking for something. And I was I was young and I remember I remember like like wheeling it out. And you had like the Playboys, which was basically like elegant porn. It'd be like a really like beautiful woman just like kind of showing like a nipple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then you had Hustler. And I remember like opening up a Hustler and it was just like, bam, next page, bam, next page, bam. Uh, that was uh, my first like graphic, graphic look at porn. But I remember my first boob. Okay. And my first on-screen boob that I ever remember uh, was the girl from Saved by the Bell in that stripper movie she did. Oh, uh, uh, striptease. Strip? No, what? It wasn't uh, Showgirls. Showgirls. Show yes, Elizabeth Buckley. Yeah, yes. that was the first boob I ever saw, and I remember on my dad's old VHS we had that movie, and I would just put it in, watch, put it in, what. That was like my Bambi when I was a kid. It was just Showgirl. <laughs> That's Bam it. Bambi. <laughs> uh, I will, uh, I'll give a shout out to my eighth grade chum, Andy Stanley, who introduced me to my first look at porno. It was actually a stack of various magazines that were hidden in the woods, in the bushes outside of our schoolyard. That is so funny because every school had that. My yeah, school yeah, had that as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was the keeper. He knew what they, where they all were. I believe he's the one who brought them there. I have no idea how, but I remember seeing my first was a Swank copy of Swank magazine. And, and did you see everything? Was that one of the graphic ones? Swank like was male on female. Swank was was hardcore. Yeah, that was like it was it was like quite an introduction. That's like jumping right into the deep end, right there. No, no, we should bring back. We should get uh, convenience stores to start putting the porn up again. I remember being like a little kid. You get your candy and you like yeah. look to see if the person at the Max Milk was there or not and looking. And if they weren't, you would just go to the magazines, pretend you're looking for something else. And next thing you know, you're at the back digging. That was my favorite. Well, we had uh, we had one that actually they weren't too smart with it because the the magazine rack was actually in front of a giant glass window. So you could actually go along the back of the outside of the corner store and look through the glass and see the back of the magazine. So you got a full view. Thank God for porn. eh? Yeah, it's a lost art, man. Being a kid trying to like you know, get, being a kid trying to score liquor underage, being a kid trying to get porno mags. That's a lost art. Uh, the kids, the kids have it way too easy nowadays. I know, man. Yeah. They, <laughs> I mean, they totally do. I mean, they're sexting each other and everything. I was just happy to maybe get a hand job under a bridge with some guy walking <laughs> his dog that might get a peek. That was like, I was stoked for that. I, I'd even take that nowadays, man. <laughs> I, well, I got a break. Third trimester. I take that too right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesse, That's great, buddy. Jesse Mods. Yeah, Jesse Mods. Yeah. There you go. Chris Bods. I'm going to change my name. Uh, big the Bods and Mods experience. There, there it is. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to title this episode. Follow it on Apple Podcasts for the audio version. Also on Spotify, DeanBlundell.com, our podcast network host. And, of course, I was tuning in today via Facebook. Thank you. We're back on Facebook. I'm out of Facebook jail, Jesse. I, I had to go away for 30 days with no live streams because uh, uh, nudity thing. Anyways, anyone who's really interested in the full story, they can scroll back in pre- previous episodes to find out. Uh, have a good one, everybody. Thanks again, Jesse. And, uh, Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, we'll talk soon. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.